Now, praise the Lord. This is uh, Brother Julius Adewumi. And I pray that the Lord will give understanding. Here in the book of Psalms, the Bible says we should sing Psalms unto the Lord. Sing praises with, from, with your heart. Let, let me read that from Colossians chapter 3, where Apostle Paul was admonishing us to sing Psalms unto the Lord, which is something very good that we should always do. Verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3. He said, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him, that is by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the wife verse 16 said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. He wants us to sing to the Lord in our hearts. And actually formulated a song from this one. I say, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I say, in whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. If I can remember the, I believe I recorded it, let me try to remember the, the rhythm that I formulated for that particular song. Let me see whether I have it right here. I'll locate it real quick. Well, most likely I need not remember. Okay. I cannot locate it right now. Let them be faster. Let's go back to the book of Psalms. Where I wanted to just give some some topics, and then I will talk a little bit about questions and answers that have been given by the radio audience. I'm more or less read it to you from the from my website and discuss a little bit on that from the website of Gospel Distribution Evangelical Association, which I will. Just a moment. This is radio listeners' questions that we have recorded i'm looking at it from my website if you go to my website you can also read this radio listeners questions and answers that they send by email and uh, i've actually responded to most of these questions by email also but i will take a topic and try to expand shade from this question and answers so that uh, you can learn and this is to to help those who are listeners or who are watching this on video because the lord loves you and he wants you to to be complete and i want all of us to be complete 
There is a question from a, a listener from Kano State, Nigeria. A Christian brother from Kano State, Nigeria. And you see this on my Gospel Distribution Evangelical Association website and under the questions and answers. This is current questions. You see, my question will be this. How can God forgive divorced people? South Africans call it divorced people. That's his, uh, his question. And he continues to say there are some churches that think divorced people can no longer serve in the Lord's church because they are still living in adultery with their second wife or husband. Or husband. Some believe that the only way a divorced person could repent of this sin would be to divorce their second wife or husband and go back and marry the first wife or husband again. That was what some people are saying. So what if years have gone by and both the husband and the wife have remarried and now both of the people involved in the divorce now have children through their first and second marriage? What if the person in question has been married and divorced five times like the sinner Jesus was correcting in John chapter 4? Is this starting to get confusing yet? <laughs> It is my humble prayer that the Lord will guide and bless you as you look into providing me the needed answer on this very important issue, Brother Elvis, from Kano State, Nigeria. Well, this is the answer I gave by email. That's why you can read this question and answer on my website, Gospel Distribution Evangelical Association, or GDEVA.org. On the right side, on right page, you see questions from listeners. My question and answer is this. Thank you for your question. The common mistake is that people think everyone that goes to church is already a Christian. That is my first comment. Because he was referring to church, 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 churches. I said the common mistake is that people think everyone that goes to church is already a Christian. But except, this is quoted, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God. Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 16. Well, that is the first thing I pointed out because people say, well, this is what the churches say. When they are talking, they are talking of denominations that do not believe some of the Bible verses. Or they are talking of people that are not living according to the scriptures. So, but that's why I first pointed out that many people think anyone that goes to church is a Christian. In God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, again, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's another Bible verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm pointing to these Bible verses in this answer to this man's question before I talk about this question. Then I went to what I said, When born again, well, when you are born again, all things are passed away including old sins when you are born again one is a new creature now think listen closely to what i'm saying only for the born again people when you are born again you are all your old sins old offenses old behaviors are forgiven forgotten and you are now a new creature such person will willfully sin if he or she willfully go into adultery which is divorce and remarriage. If you say you are born again, and then you go into adultery willfully, because adultery is not something you stumble into, unless a woman is raped by force, you no, know, an armed robber coming to the house and force the woman, and rape the woman at gunpoint, that is what you can say is not willful. 
See? But a willful offense like a, a plan, she planned it, they met together, met another man's spouse, and that is willfully offending also. And there's a clause about willful offense when they know the word of God. Where unbelievers that are not born again are not in this category. They were still sinners and going to hell. No matter what they were doing, unless they repent and come to Christ and be changed and be born again, then all the old sins are forgiven and then they start a new life. That is what the gospel is. The gospel is saying sinners come to Christ and you become a new Christian. But if you now say you are a new Christian in Christ, not just going to church, I'm trying to distinguish between going to church, joining the church, or being a member of your church, or your parents were raised in this church, that's why you are part of the church. You have not really been born again, you are not really known Christ, you are not confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior to have a new nature. Then you are just a church goer. You are a religionist, taking a religion of called Christianity, which may never lead you to heaven unless you are born again. That's what Christ said, except the man is born again. I didn't write this here, remember that I'm just quoting the scripture. John chapter 3, verse 6, he was telling a Nicodemus who was a, a, a Pharisee, a teacher. He said, you still need to be born again. He said, unless, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. That man said, what does that mean, born again? He said, born of water and of spirit. People say, well, it means that you have to be baptized in water. That is... A, an expression of a changed heart. So it is by born of the Spirit is the most important part. The water baptism is just to express that you have been changed. You have given your life to Christ. So he said, by of water and of Spirit. So somebody say, I'm born of the Spirit, but I don't ever go for water baptism. He has not publicly declared that he is for Jesus. So that's why Christ said, you must be born of water and of the Spirit to be born again, to be a member of the kingdom. Having said that, refer to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11, and verse 12 to 15. Now, if you also read the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 29, and 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 22, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 29, that's where I was talking about willfully offending. Willful. Willfully means you purposely did it. Not like somebody push you or you force yourself or stumble. You don't stumble into things like that. You did it by purpose. If you know the word of God and you refuse to obey, that is purposely doing something. Now, okay, and I went for it. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31. Of course, if they, the unbelieving people, genuinely repent, I mean, if they have done this thing and they repent, genuinely repent, the grace of God is abundant and let's leave the judgment to the Lord. I mean, people can say they are born again, and then something situation can call the uh, in serious struggle and they decide to pack it out and separate and they, they still look like that's a wolf or something else. and they couldn't live there anymore and they separated and if they genuinely repent god can still forgive that's what the bible is saying people went back to adultery and came back and repent god can still forgive not that god can forgive but that's now left to the lord we shouldn't be judging that there are many offenses that send people to hell, one of which is unforgiveness. Remember that. For which believers must take heed. That is, many times, a, a believer that is really born again, genuinely born again, can still fall into offense, can purposely do something wrong, but they can also full of remorse and repent. Repentance is between them and the Lord, not between them and the church, not between them and the believers that are around them. If they purposely repent, God can forgive them. 
However, the people, the church members, the believers around them that know about these cases, they have problem forgiving because of this judgmentalism. That is where we believers must be careful of that. We must be careful that we do not fall into unforgiveness that we ourselves are not able to forgive those that have repented. If God has forgiven them, who am I to not forgive them? So that is how I that was how I responded to the question of this man that asked about can any one that is divorced go to heaven? That was summary of the Bible. But if I am to continue further to explain to to the audience that listen to me, because we have had this question over and over again that what did Apostle Paul say about if an unbeliever is married to a believer? Because in the generation of Apostle Paul, you see that in First Corinthians when he was addressing marriages. First Corinthians chapter 7. Let's go to that. So that, that will be the basis of my explanation today. Apostle Paul was describing the situation in their generation where he was talking about the believers that are married to unbelievers. He also talked about believers that shouldn't put, if they are both believers and they are married, they should never separate. And then he walked, he put it this way. Let me read, let's read it as the Bible as Apostle Paul. Mark in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about marriage. Apostle Paul started by saying, It is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. Now, I've gone through this in, the, in my teaching on Corinthians. Go to my to my video on demand and look for the teachings on, on the book of Corinthians. And go to chapter 7 there, you'll be able to see my explanation there. But since we are asked, answering questions, let me just point to the Bible verse that talks about this. Here, Apostle Paul said in verse... And unto the married, this is to those who are married. Apostle Paul is addressing those who are married people. I command, he said, Yet not I, he says, Not him, but the Lord commanded this. Let not the wife depart from my husband. Now he is addressing that to the believers that are both of them claiming to be believers. Both of them are born again, both of them are in the church. Whatever is causing them to want to separate, he said, Let not the wife depart from my husband. The verse 7 says, but, here is the key, if she departs, I mean, if she said, I can't, I can't really resolve this issue, and she departs, let her remain unmarried. Now, you have to now decide on that. Do you, a woman, want to remain unmarried for the rest of your life, not just for five years, and then do something else? If you depart from your husband, you say, let her remain unmarried. Now, what about the man? That's the question. In the, in the generation of the Old Testament, you know they have so many wives also. And God allowed them, King David and all Abraham, and they all have so many wives. So that's why they are always addressing the fact that wives don't depart. Oh, but also in the, in the next place, he also said, husband, don't put away your wife. And that's in verse 11. He said, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Remain unmarried for the rest of your life. Let's say you are just 25, 30, and you say you cannot marry this fellow anymore, you want to separate. Are you going to remain unmarried for the rest of your life? Not that after five years you go and do for somebody else. Remain unmarried? Now you have to decide on that. He said, or be reconciled to your husband. Okay. Now he said, and let not the husband put away his wife. 
that's how it just no, let not the husband put away his wife. Because the husband most of the time in the generation that gone by is the husband that owned the house and the wife is is moved in. So it's not like, don't put away your wife. That's how he put it. Now that settles for marriages and divorce. Christ actually said it is not permitted except for fornication. Fornication means the woman has committed of adulteries and you know about it, then you put the woman away. Because you, if you go back to a woman that has committed adultery, you yourself committed adultery with a woman that has committed adultery, even though she was, she is your wife. That's why God put those things in the scripture that he will put a jealousy spirit upon the man if his wife has gone secretly to commit adultery that you just feel that you can't touch this woman. Somehow something tells you, if you are a believer, you just know that something is wrong. You can't go in to this woman anymore. And in the Old Testament, he told them how to find out. In case it's just a demonic spirit of jealousy, or is it God that wants you to keep away from this woman? Take an example of the story of King David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he wanted to cover it up. He invited the man, the husband of this woman Bathsheba from the from the from the war zone to come back home. So that he thought by the man coming back home to visit, he was sleeping with his wife, who was already pregnant of uh, David's uh, adultery. And the man somehow God prevented the man from going home to his wife. It was God that prevented the man. The man refused to go home to his wife. And they were washing him. He didn't go home to sleep tonight. No. So they made him drunk. King David make him drunk. Maybe he will be drunk and will go back home. No, you not make him not to go to his wife. Why? Because if the man went to his wife, Bathsheba, and slept overnight and have sex with the woman, then the man also also has committed adultery. That is in the scriptures. Because when two people are putting their pipes into one woman, that becomes adultery. So that was what God put in the in the Old Testament, and God can st is still doing the same thing. If your wife, if you're a believer and you're a believer, and your wife secretly has done something, fornication, God will make you to sense it, and you just not want to touch this woman anymore. In the Old Testament, He said they should go to the priest to confirm it. So is it just jealousy, or is it actually from the Lord? And if they confirm it, you see, they will give a water, a water of a, a like a coarse water to the woman. If the woman drink the water and she was clean, she didn't do anything wrong, the water will not affect her. If she has actually done something secretly and she cover it up and drink that thing, that thing will make her belly to become swollen until she died of cancer or something like that. So that was what God instituted in the Old Testament. But see, nobody is using that now in the new because they don't really have that water, but God can still put that jealousy spirit to prevent a, a believer from committing adultery against 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 the Lord. So now that is what Apostle Paul was referring to here. He said the man should not put away his wife. Now let's talk about the one that are unequally yoked, where the husband is married is, is a believer, the woman is not a believer. And that is you see that in verse 13. Verse 12. If any from verse, if any brother has a wife that believeth not, now that's where you can say you this man is married to an unbelieving wife. Or the wife is the one that became a believer and the husband is unbelieving. Well, that of course in our generation, because people the gospel is preached, it could be the woman that gave their life to Christ and she couldn't convince the man. Or the man is the one that came to Christ and couldn't convince the wife, and they now on unequally yoked. So what should they do? Should they separate? That's what Apostle Paul is addressing in this one. 
if any brother has a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her with her. She said, well, she will continue to live with you. She doesn't want to separate from us from her husband. But she didn't believe this is your religion. So don't push her away. Don't push her away. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. And verse 30 says, And the woman which has an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. That is, you, the woman is the one that gave your life to Christ and tried to convince the man. The man refused and said, I don't like this, your religion. But we are still married. He said, and he is pleased to dwell with the woman. He said, just stay with the man. Don't leave the man. That's what he said. And Apostle Paul explained it before I said, for if the unbelieving, for the unbelieving husband, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else, why are your children unclean? But now are they hold that is one can sanctify the other and your children will still be holy. Okay, that's what Apostle Paul is explaining. But verse 15 is what we are pointing to. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart or let her depart. I mean, that is occurring in many generations, rather than even in our generation. We are the two people who are of Islam. And one of them give his life to Christ. And the other one say, no, I can't marry you anymore. And they depart. Say, let him or her depart because of that religion. And then he said, a brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. That is, if the unbelieving depart and say, I don't want to be in this religion. Your religion is not what she wants or what he wants. Then let him depart. And you are not under budget. Means when you say you are not under budget, does that mean you can remarry? Yes, in that situation, everybody believes that. That is what Apostle Paul is saying. If you are not under bondage to that marriage because you unbelieving in the part, then you are free to marry somebody in the in the Lord. However, many can easily and many have been abusing that particular Bible verse. How did they abuse it? Because they were formerly going to church together. And then there was quarrel, and one of them they separated, and the one that wanted to wanted to claim that the other one is the one that is unbelieving. And say, she has jumped, she just been coming to church. She's not really born again, or the man has not been born. Again. I talked to somebody before, and uh, she wanted to separate from my husband. Oh, she, maybe she separated from my husband. And I was saying, and she said, oh, your husband does not believe. Well, she claimed to be an elder in the church, the same church. And the woman was trying to say her husband was really not a Christian, but an angel in the church, just to justify herself. And I say, my sister. Uh, so when you, when I probed this woman further and further, she was the one that was at fault. She started crying. She started crying. Why? Because many people try to justify that well, they went out of this marriage or the man the one was the one that parked and left or something like that. And so. They can, they are free to go and remarry her because they point to the other man and say, or the other woman and say, she didn't was not really born again. She was just uh, coming to church, or he was not really born again. He was just coming to church. So they think they can use that to justify their remarriage in this situation. They say, don't abuse the word of God. God sees the heart. God can see the heart. Whether you are just taking the Bible verse and trying to use it to justify yourself. So that's the very important thing that you need to know about that. 
So Apostle point is one that if you are married to an unbeliever, you can let the unbeliever depart, then you are free from that bondage. But if they are both in the church, claiming to be believers, and this trouble came and they tried to separate, don't try to point accusing and say, I think she was not really born again. I think he was not really born again. And then you are trying to justify why you should go and remarry now. That's really what many people are. That's how they abuse the Bible. So we have to be careful because God is not mock. God knows what you don't know. God can see deeper whether she is born again, whether he is born again. And another question is, suppose they were actually born again and one decided to pack like that and leave. Because I have a test, I had it, I heard the testimony from a minister because I was relating the story that the Lord told him in a vision of a pastor and his wife, they were formerly in the ministry, and then the woman, the wife, who was always singing in the church, became attacked, I call it attacked by the satanic forces, in the mind, until the woman thought she needed to get out of the church, she just wanted to be singing in the bars, and the clerk convinced her, she, fall, she actually fell for that lying spirit that pushed the woman, that's the, the wife of a pastor. According to that story, this was testimony that it really happened. But you see, the question is, the woman packed and left her husband with some children and said she didn't want to marry that man anymore, that pastor anymore, and went into the bars, going from man to man to man to man, trying to make money, or whatever anybody goes to be singing in the bar for, for money, for fame, and so on and so forth. So she did that. Some pastors, some church leader tried to convince her to come back. She refused. In the end, she, she gave up on Christ. She didn't want to believe God anymore. Now, when the Lord was releasing that, that, test, that story to a minister that said the Lord visited him, the Lord told the man that that woman was her daughter. If Christ said the woman was her daughter, I mean she was saved. But she listened to the devil and gave in to the devil and went into the world. They say, the Lord said, she didn't, if she has come back, God will have accepted her back. Not back to her husband, but back, back to the faith. But according to the story, the woman purposely now says she didn't have anything to do with Jesus anymore. So it was Jesus the woman fell away from. You see? And that is why we have to be careful to stand firm and stand guard. And don't listen to voices that can deceive. The devil is not a friend. And from the story of that woman, the demons came and tried to make her proud and say, you can sing in here and make money. And and she began, when you start listening to the voice, almost like how the devil came to Eve. Eve was a creator of God also. Created by God, a daughter of God also. And then the demons came, Satan came and said, you will be this. If you just eat this meat, this forbidden fruit, you will be as God. That was a line of them also. That was the same type. But see, we are not to listen to the devil. That's what we are pointing out. The devil can attack anybody's mind. Any believer, the devil will try it. But stay with the word of God. Don't let the devil deceive you and think you will be great if you just do what God says you shouldn't do. What God says you shouldn't do. And that was what Eve listened to it. And considered it. Because the Bible says when, when she saw that's why she kept pondering about it. Maybe they will just whisper it and put a seed of thought. She started considering, oh yeah, this thing is sweet. It must make me wise. And then she went and did it. Also, and that is the same type of story that that was related to this minister that said, the demons came and lined on the room and told the woman, you have make money if you have been singing in bars. You are singing in churches. You are just wasting your life. You are so beautiful. You will be making 
money and fame and prestige. If you have a cinema, she resisted the devil for two times, three times, and said, Get behind me, Satan. But another third time, the devil came again upon like a spirit. Now and spoke the same proud, rousing up of pride. And you see, that's why many people, every time, every time we have to guard ourselves. Because every situation of call, you know, defies, you know. Today, maybe you are in good times with your husband. And the devil's thoughts will not even bother you. Maybe tomorrow the devil came back again, but you are still in good times with your husband. But who knows whether at another time the devil came when you realize you are just a slow guy with your husband. You have a quarrel, and the man has offended you, and the devil will whisper to you that, ha, do this thing to hurt him. See, that is how the devil is too. And if you listen to that, you say, I'm going to teach this man a lesson. Oh, you going to, you going to, and then you go to do what the devil says you should do. And that is what the devil look for the weak spot, weaker, weaker spot. We look out for your when you are vulnerable, is the right word. The devil will look for opportunity when you are vulnerable. Either you look at it when somebody is looking for a child. Abraham, for example, was looking for a child. And for 20 something years, they are still believing, they are still praying. I mean, and maybe somebody just talk to them and say, and make them feel childlessness. Then the idea came, why don't you just work it out this way? That is the time the devil will come when you have been confronted with your situation and you feel down. When you feel down, watch out. The devil will come with those temptations. Why don't you try this method that you know is not the right thing? Why don't you try this thing that you know God won't approve? And that was how they work up something else. The same way, when people are out fighting with one another, husband and wife, the devil can whisper to the other one and say, teach her a lesson, go commit adultery, go visit a prostitute. And you listen to that, you just fail. Or teach him a lesson, go do this. And that is vendetta, nothing. Vengeance. But God said, vengeance is mine. Don't ever listen to it. So that's why I say, it's when people are down emotionally, that's when the devil will come and put temptation upon them. Think about when Lord Jesus Christ was hungry. Bible said he was hungry. He just fasted 40 days. And now hungry. Then the devil came and said, fool. Test, test your power. Turn the stones to bread. You see, you see what's wrong with turning stones to bread? is testing God. Not or show which is not right. You don't demonstrate the power of God for sure. But the devil wanted to make him, if he has done that, he said, you see, he's demonstrating his power for sure. Show and tell. God's power is not for sure and tell. But the Lord Jesus Christ resisted that and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. So the Lord was ready to walk to a distance because he's already breaking his fast, but now he's hungry also. Walk to a distance to get food. Say, well, there are stones, just turn to bread. You see, that's what the devil wanted him to do. To obey the devil. No, you won't obey the devil. That is what we are saying. We are not to obey the devil, whatever the devil is suggesting. So this type of situation of husband and wife, don't let the devil tempt you to say, teach this man a lesson. He did something to you, go and commit adultery to teach him a lesson. Or go and commit adultery for fornicators, or go and commit a, go and meet prostitutes to teach her a lesson. Maybe there was a quarrel, she won't let you have sleep with her one night because you are angry. Don't join with your car and go for this and say, I'm going to teach her a lesson. I'm going to go shit. You are listening to the devil there. That's and you're going to fall. You are not just falling from your money. You are falling from grace, the grace of God. That's why on willful age offending is the danger. That's it. So that is why I'm pointing this one out. And then when we are talking about marriage, can they remarry if somebody is, uh, if somebody's husband did that or the wife did that? 
and is separated because of because of uh, because of fornication, as most say, can demand that he's not the one in fornication. Can you go and remarry? Well, ask the Lord, you see. Because he say if they are just separated because they then re reconcile. If the one is the one that is committed a fornication, he said that they can separate on that. And according to the scripture, that means if they separate because of fornication, the woman committed fornication, the man has to put her away and don't sleep with her anymore. But suppose she repented. Can she be forgiven and go back to the other marriage? Ask the Lord. Yes, she can be forgiven, all right. But should she come back to the marriage and the man come back to this woman that has committed fornication? That is why you say, ask the Lord, because if the Lord said, when two people have put their pipe in the woman, then the man also becomes an adulterer. That was what it was believed what happened in the Garden of Eden. What made Adam sin? Because the Bible said this woman was already sinned. But she convinced Adam to do it. Also. And Adam also sinned. There have been a preacher, a prophet, that presented that what actually happened in the Garden of Eden was fornication. Because that is something that can be passed to the other person. People have said it's just a fruit, a, a mango tree, apple tree, and so on and so forth. But that was simple, symbolizing. A preacher prophesied, and it makes some sense if you think about it, the sin that can easily pass to people is if you, if this woman committed fornication, if this woman committed fornication, and then she's already in sin, and then went to her husband, and make her husband also sleep with her, the husband also just committed fornication or adultery. That became adultery, adultery and adulteress because the woman has brought adulteress, adultery into the house. So that is how it is easily passed. That's what the Bible said. She made, she said she gave it to her husband with her. She see now, the Bible used the word with her. Go and look at that Genesis chapter 3 again. After the woman ate of this forbidden tree, he said she gave to her husband with her. Not just give her husband to eat. He says give it to her husband with her, which means they now eat it together. So that is a clue to make us to see that what the minister that preached the gospel, a prophet said, that that was actually what happened. Many people didn't want to accept it that way. Many people didn't want to believe it that way. They just said, let's just call it fruit. Because they didn't want to associate it to sex. Okay. But from that narration, from what the scripture is saying in James chapter 3, it's very, it's very important to note that the Bible said, Eve gave this forbidden to her husband with her, with her. This means they did it together. It's like a, she has committed adultery with somebody. She came home and committed the same sex with her husband. She just passed adultery to that husband also. Which is what Moses was writing in, uh, in his book that a man that if your wife has gone to commit adultery and you do not know it, and you went and go into that woman also, you also committed adultery. And that's why God said, what God put to them in give to them in the book of in the Old Testament. Now let's look at this so that you point to, to you in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So which means she ate it first. And gave also unto her husband with her. And he did it. So that's why I say, why say her husband with her? That was the pointer that made people that made that minister pointed in the book of in his own revelation that it was adultery. So that means they said this the, the man said the serpent came 
in a in a in a, in a figure that can that can have sex with a woman. That was why the serpent was turned into an, a crawling animal. Okay, now of course the Satan is inside that serpent. Satan, the spirit inside that serpent. And then he said the after she ate it, the Bible didn't say she did with the serpent. He just said she did what the serpent said. And now she brought it to her husband with her. And he also did it. So that means the man also is in all of it. So that is what that minister's revelation points out. But that is just to make up to see that it is very important you not know, to mess around with fornication or all of it. But in answer to this man's question, yes, if you repent, God can still forgive. God can forgive. Just, just, that means the woman can come back to the man. She doesn't have to come back to the man, but she is forgiving means that she can still be accepted into heaven. And I will stop this recording right there for that particular question. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.